Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's right, everybody. It's Mole Patrol. It's the Mole Patrol covering season two of the Mole, the finale, the final episode of the Mole. Finally, because we are one week delayed talking about that final episode of the Mole. We're talking about those final two episodes of the Mole, I suppose, technically, uh, because it is the, the penultimate episode and then the reunion in which the Mole is revealed we will spoil the identity of the mole in short order as well as the winner first of all i'm josh wiggler and i'm joined here by my two co-hosts who much like the mole are always podcasting like psychos jess lease and brooklyn zed hello well josh i, I want to clarify something I'm not yeah. podcasting like a psycho because I'm just a psycho. I'm podcasting like a psycho because I don't fit in the wetsuit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. I'm just going to say it. I assume that you are listening to this podcast and you have watched the finale of season two of The Mole. I'm just assuming that that is the case for you. It's got to be. And if it's not, turn it off now. You've got about 10 seconds before I'm just going to blurt out the winner, the runner-up, and the mole. And it's happening. It's happening now. Flippin' Bill, this psycho is the mole. And this it's great. It's great. It's great. And it's definitely, uh, this is this is best-case scenario stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even really know exactly what to say. I do feel like uh, the one that we did before this, the live podcast, uh, the tiny bubbles of it all was like, for all intents and purposes, that was like, Jess, that was the season finale of Mole Patrol. This is the bonus yeah, episode. Yeah, pretty much. This was like the, this was the Battle of the Blackwater of the Mole. Yeah. And then next week, we just got the like season yeah, two, like, whatever. Like, yeah, we're going to close this up. Yeah, it's yep. like you got the reins of Casimir in tiny bubbles. Yep. The music starts playing, and you know the Lannisters are here. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, and then you get the final episode where uh, 
where all of the the slaves of Mirene just carry Daenerys around because that's cool. Uh, that's basically this. Uh, it's like the la- last week was the one that was like the, the the wild, funky, insane episode, and then this is really just like it's got to be built. There's just no other option. It's Bill. Bill is yeah. the mole. And so for me, my experience was, I guess, like, Zed, we watched it at your place. We watched yeah. like, the penultimate. Uh, and then, like, on the podcast, like, it's Bill. I can't even look at you both. Like, I truly can't. <laughs> I can't look at either of you right now because it's Bill. And I know and I know and I know now. I know it is Bill. And uh, I imagine, like, there's the alternate universe where, like, we didn't watch the finale together, the three of us, where, like, I then just had to, like, sweat it out for a week. But it wouldn't have been much sweat, Zed, because clearly, like, there was no other option. Bill was the mole. Yeah, you were pretty locked in by that point, although you were not locked in for such a long time. Oh. And that Can was chart so any nice that for us. You both will ha- ha- be able to clock this better than me. Uh, what are some, like, the fun moments along the way where, like, I was just so off the mark. Um, I will tell you what the number one best moment of yeah. the season was. Was there was a clue that was dropped in for the viewing audience um, at the point where Alavia takes the bribe. They are speaking to the contestants and they have they write down information on a dollar bill. And that's supposed to be the clue to who the mole is. And you even clocked it. You said, oh, it's a dollar bill. And Zed and I could not look at each other at that moment because you had just like you just lampshaded something you didn't even know you were lampshading. And it was it was beautiful because I I think, Josh, the joy for me is that you didn't know who the mole was for most of this. Oh, yeah, it was it was kind of honestly upsetting in season one when you decided it was Catherine in episode one and you could not be swayed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I stayed steady the whole way down. I think, I think we were talking about this at your apartment, Zed, where I was like, I think like I like Bill never stood a chance at being on my radar because I just mapped Charlie from season one onto him so quickly that like, I didn't think of him as anything other than just like, well, that's an impression I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Some some listeners wrote in with feedback asking if we thought that was what was happening. Yeah. That you were so blinded by the Bill Charlie connection that there yeah, was I no was. way you would consider Bill as the mole. And for it a while, worked out I, well for us. Yeah. For a while I was. For a while I was. And then I do think like like the slow creeping psychopath who you no longer can avoid because he's way too close and now you're dead. Like that was my experience this time around. It's like, oh, no, I let him in the house. Oh, God, he's the killer the whole time. <laughs> uh, like, that was the vibe this season as opposed to last season. It was like, I don't trust that one. That yeah. one I don't trust. Uh, this time it was like, Bill was a ridiculous person and <laughs> was doing ridiculous things. And there was just no way that this was the person that, like, production was like, you, you shall be our mole. We tr- <laughs> we're going to trust the whole show we're putting it all in your hands. And he's like, I accept the mission. Uh, like, <laughs> that was just like not a thing that I saw happening. Uh, and yet, lo and behold, dollar well, dollar bill, y'all. Well, Josh, it's really funny that you say that. Like his ridiculousness kept you from believing he was the mole. Because honestly, the first time I watched this, like back in the day, I had Bill clocked as the mole from probably episode three or four. And it was precisely because he was so ridiculous. Yeah. Because nobody was sharing information with him. 
he had very little in common with everybody else. And in season one, it, I think it was harder for me to clock who the mole was for most of the game because you had Catherine who was working so closely and was had these bonds with everybody else. Bill has no bonds with anyone because he's a freaking <laughs> psycho. Right. And because he has no bonds, it's kind of like he either decided who the mole was in episode one and he had it correct the whole time or he is the mole. Right. So sort of the one of these things is not like the other approach to figuring out who the mole is. Yeah. But yeah, that was kind of, I think that was kind of how you explained it too, Josh, when you were saying, when you locked on to Bill, you were yeah. like, there's no way he can't be the mole. Cause if he was not the mole, he would not be here anymore right. by this point. There like was your a point same logic. Like, he's just like a he flashing neon sign. <laughs> right. Um, Like the deeper you go in and like, uh, I, I think that like, Al was still like a possibility for a minute, but like, you know, the, like the second he's gone, there's only one choice left. Uh, and like, at, even as like, we're getting closer to that point and like Bill is still here. Like this dude should not be able to still be here. And I wonder, I mean, you both have been able to read the literature such as <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not even talking about his fricking book, which is, wild that that exists uh, don't read it i won't believe me <laughs> i barely know how to read anymore there's I'm a not... lot in that book that didn't age well yeah i'm sure uh i'm not doing that um but literally in terms of like interviews press anything like that uh has anyone like from the cast ever been like yeah we knew it was bill the third week like has anyone like not nothing like that there's been like no story of like yeah everybody knew it was bill no, there's been nothing like that. In fact, most people appear not to have known. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get to, you get to the reunion and before right. they do the reveal, they mm -hmm. ask each of the contestants who's the winner and who is the mole. But that could and, be for TV. So, like, you know, that's the kind of thing, like, I don't trust that all the way on its sure. own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like they could be like, give us a few different answers so we can make it exciting and spicy. Like, you can just imagine the TV producer coming up and being like, yeah. Give us the things. Give us the stuff. Alternates. <laughs> we want various options. Uh, you know, manufactured drama. In the forties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna say. Yeah, he's taking a photo. Flash I feel like reality yeah, producers like don't yeah. hire your reality producers from nineteen forty three, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Other great. things were going on yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Uh, so Bill is the mole. Congratulations, Dorothy. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry to Heather. Uh, that stinks. Um, well, let's do this one last time. Let's go through the episode. We'll do the beat by beat stuff. We will get into um, the quiz. I'm sure there's some feedback along the way. This isn't going to be the last episode of the Mole Patrol. It may be the last episode of the Mole Patrol for a minute. We're in the Survivor season. You're all taken care of. Y'all have more podcasts than you could possibly need. So we'll <laughs> trot out the Mole Patrol when like there's a really good time to do it. Could be like a couple weeks from now. Could be a few more than that. Who knows? We'll see what it is. We certainly have some ideas for things that we want to do that uh, are still in the realm of season two coverage. Um, so we are not done, but we will be uh, probably a little bit slower to get this stuff out um, than that uh, typical weekly pace that we did for most of the season. But you should still get your feedback in. Molt Troll at Rob has a website dot com. Uh, you can tweet at us as well, all three of us, about season two of the Mole. Matt Round Howard, Zed, they are at Hard Rock Hope. Jess is at 
haymaker patty uh those are the things um anything else before we dive into the recap i think not no, i think we're ready to go forth into the, our, the or of our voice. teleconference yes let us <laughs> let us teleconference into uh the <laughs> season two finale of the mole zed yeah, so we begin with Bill. We get to hear from each of our three players as there are only three of them left. Um, and Bill, who is a retired rear admiral in the Navy, says yes. this may be among the toughest six weeks he's ever endured in his life. And that is only something that he's saying if he's the mole lying to everybody. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no reason that this is the toughest week. Although he does end the episode Covered in blood. Because <laughs> he's a psycho. A he does. End, I, I did forget that he ends the episode covered in blood and viscera <laughs> and gore. <laughs> Who knows how many wild boar died at Bill's hands? It's true. You know, Heather and production couldn't handle one, but Bill savaged the land on his <laughs> way to the castle. Bill going on a bit of a walkabout, perhaps. Oh my God, yeah. Um, Heather notes that she and Dorothy joined forces to get to the end and that worked uh, but now comes the hard part because they have to go against each other and Dorothy says no matter what it ends up looking like it's all in the spirit of the game nothing is personal uh, which feels foreboding um, but here we go it's the final three in Calisco, Italy it's day 37 so perhaps they ended on day 39 not unlike another show uh, and we're playing three questions a hideous game, Catherine called it last season. And so, of course, we brought it back to do it again. Uh, this utterly unwinnable task. Yeah. Oh, my God. The three questions is just it's a it's a it's a horrible challenge. Uh, so this despicable mean. game. Um, but this one, I feel like is a little less mean and a little more like. Once again, like this dude's the mole like he doesn't care who knows anymore it's like he's like like he like he's gonna like end up like giving like he's just like gonna sabotage all the answers in such flagrant fashion Jess, that like there's just no longer any smoke and mirrors about it yeah you do you do hit a point in the season and i think bill's book does sort of corroborate this where he kind of stopped giving f's about being the mole and like conducting massive subterfuge he was just like he wanted it to be over and he wanted to be done with it and you see a point later in this episode this is why you don't go with old man mole you know <laughs> like you don't do old man mole because old man mole is gonna lose some steam he's gonna hit the rudy bosch i don't know phase yeah you, would you entrust god rest his soul would you entrust rudy with being the mole Mark Burnett would. Week? <laughs> if Mark Burnett were making the mole, he would make Rudy the mole. Oh my God. But Rudy wouldn't do any of it. Or I know. Badly. And then in episode three, it was like, Rudy's the mole. It's like, ah, man, you got me. You know? And then, like, what? The show ends? Or there's just no tension anymore because they don't let him do anything? Would you and like so to they go just on... get all the money? Would you like to go on an interesting aside with me, Josh? Mm hmm. So there is. Um, and I know we don't we don't like to talk too much about Survivor on this show, but this is a certainly can. That's fine. This is a foreign edition of Survivor. And I remember this is stuck in my head like six or seven years ago. I did a podcast for Rob where I dug deep into the various international iterations of Survivor. And I found variants of the game that the U.S. version the had never tried. One? 
Um, there is a Rupert one. Yes, he showed up in Survivor Israel as the reward and did like jack squat. Yeah. Um, but this is, and now I've got to look it up. Um, I'm going to Google this Survivor Molgong. Okay. Molgong. Yes. Um, and of course I'm not. Yeah, I can't find it now. But there was a version of Survivor that had a mole in it. And the mole would like sabotage things around camp and like screw up in challenges. And they had one on each tribe. And if you thought you knew who the mole was, you could go to this gong in the middle of your, in the middle of your <laughs> camp and ring the mole gong and make your mole guess. And if you were right, that person got kicked out and then they, another person would be appointed the mole. Wow. Well, what's the point of doing that if the if the mole's just going to get re- replaced with another mole? I say this with a lot of respect for uh, the ORG community, having once in my youth being a part of one. Um, that sounds like some like online survivor bullshit. Like yeah. that oh, doesn't here we go. sound like a real like brick and mortar. <laughs> this survivor is concept. The sixteenth season of Survivor Denmark. Okay. This happened, and I mean. If they get wrong, if they get it wrong, they get eliminated. Um, wow. Yeah. And wow. apparently it was only used once and the person who guessed got it wrong and got kicked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you risk getting eliminated from the game to potentially get a mole voted out so it can be replaced with a new mole. That's pretty good. Yeah. But the actual, the person being the mole was able to complete challenges for money. Yeah. That's I fun. See. That's great. Yep. Um, so, so the yeah. three questions what are what are some of the highlights of the three questions uh, there's really there's one for me but Zed I'm curious to think of what you what what would you deem a highlight from this uh, well I think the most iconic one is who is most likely to be alone in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst it's such it's so it's it's a terrible question to begin and with and this is he says like statistically most yeah. people get married. Bill gets uh, asked that question, and he answers Heather because statistics. If you look at statistics, yeah, uh, more than fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Therefore, Heather is likely to be alone in ten years. Was his God. answer? Yeah, but oh and God. Dorothy is apparently not ever going to get married because she's not engaged right now at the age of twenty-four. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. Oh, she's twenty-four. I think yeah, she's twenty-four. Over. Lights out. Yeah. That'll never happen. Yep. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. You know. Yep, her you eggs are all dried up now. And yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's no good. Yep. It's unfortunate. It's a real shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just like, and you could tell he didn't really think up what he was going to say if someone asked him about that, which was the most baffling thing. <laughs> he's really, wild. He's really filibustering in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, yeah, because he's been caught. They know. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's no tension anymore. And so now he's just being like rude. <laughs> he's just a troll. But if they know he's the mole, I feel like at that point you think about it and you're like, what is the most obvious thing the mole would do right now? He would answer all the questions incorrectly. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, it's impossible. You can't logic it out with these and you get one wrong and then nothing counts, you know? Right. Anderson says at one point, 
with one of them. Like, well, you got two right and you got one wrong. But in this game, all that matters is you got one wrong. You got one wrong. <laughs> it's like you, you answer the question, you take one fork in the road and like you just do that wrong one time and it's over. Then it doesn't matter if you get yeah. the other ones right. Yeah. 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 Um, um, as so it really through- is kind of a pointless one uh, because there's, yeah. just, there's no winning this one. There's no way. Nope. Everybody loses in this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy Anderson's comment. We always try to find the town with the most number of stairs as they're <laughs> walking through to the various incorrect doors. Yeah. Right. It's, a, it's a good thing Dorothy didn't throw up again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that's the story of of the three questions game. Uh, they don't win $10,000 one time, let alone three times. Uh, and everybody's a little upset. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a failure of a day. <laughs> a failure of a day. Uh, so close to the end of the line. Everyone's probably so tired, too. And they just, like, really want nothing to do with this anymore. This is a, just a crappy one to have so close to the end, I feel like. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so then after doing that, they go to have dinner and then they're presented with a dessert menu, which is the the start of their next game. Yeah. So what are the dessert options again? It's like chocolate mountain. You got to travel Cocoa Mountain if you do that. <laughs> you know, they've like got all these like great, ridiculous names for the dessert. Mountain. Yeah. There's the, the creamy castle. Yeah. Which Jill takes. <laughs> so yeah. Gross. Disgusting. I, I hate the adjective creamy. A yeah, creamy castle. No, thank you. Evocative. Mm, <laughs> the field no. of possibilities, which no, Dorothy that's, takes. That's beautiful. And the yeah. pond parfait for Heather. I don't want to eat any of these. Wait, what's the what's Heather's again? The pond parfait. That's gross. That's yeah. Like you don't want pond in the title of anything. Germs and parasites and like moss and yeah. These are not those. 
It's like those desserts that kids make where they make it look really gross. Like you crumble up Oreos to make it look oh, like dirt and yeah, you put the worms yeah. in it. Tummy worms in. Which is actually, it's pretty tasty, but it looks gross. Oh, yeah. It looks gross. I remember when I did mine, I put so many Rolos on mine. I just like found, <laughs> yeah. I found so many like excuses. It's just like I had like buckets of Rolos. Uh, just like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, because like you open up the thing, it's got just a gooey caramel center. It's my Rolo. At that point, just eat Rolos, dude. Yeah, I went through a real Rolo phase as a kid, and like I never ate them again. I don't think I've had a Rolo since I was like 11. You guys want to do a Rolo uh, bonus episode? I I think it's a little weak, Josh, but I will eat a Rolo. Rolo (laughs) Patrolo? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just trying to stay relevant here. Uh, I, I stole all the Rolos out of out of George's Halloween candy last year. Right. Figure it's it's not good for his developing teeth. Probably not. Just looking out. No. Probably. I mean, not those great. teeth are all going to fall out anyway. They are. They are. <laughs> they don't True. really count. They don't. But they. Although will, he can have them for a while, he'll yeah. have them for a minute, and it's going to be a tough minute if they're all rotted. Coming mm-hmm. from a kid who had that experience, it was tough. It's not easy. Had the rotten teeth. It was bad. It was so bad. So yeah, I'm, I'm just looking out for him by eating. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job. That's yeah. good parenting. I think so too. Um, so all of these ridiculous desserts, and they're going to correlate to like the points that they have to get to for this final challenge, which is literally like find like the place, find the top secret location. Yeah. Just open the clue, and it says find the place. Find the place. The TSL, that top secret location where Anderson shall await uh, the first person to show up with a dossier of information that will be very helpful for that final quiz. Um, Very, very, very powerful. Powerful stuff. Um, Yes, but this game could be worth $100,000. And that's all that he explains about it at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, And so literally the challenge is like, head for the hills! Run, you know, <laughs> hike through the forests of of Italy and 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 beware the Chingali. Uh, like there is the there's just like it's aimless. Like this is like Survivor Guatemala, Jess. Like they're doing like the march through the jungle. Yeah, they, it was a big deal back then. Like they didn't know where the line was. And, you know, they don't have it optimized yet. So it's like, well, some of these some of these things they make them do are too easy and then some of them are like oh no you need to you need to dial it back dude that's it's not okay to make people run through the bush in the middle of the night where there are wild animals and things that can cut you it's not okay for your crew and it's not okay for your contestants yeah 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 dangerous for the crew too not just for the contestants I like the to crew are following that. them down these cliffs and stuff yeah. I I like to imagine that the field producer who is like saying, Heather, are you trying to tell us you're quitting right now? Please try to tell us you're quitting right now. <laughs> we can't. Okay. It's okay. You just have to tell us that yeah. that's yeah. what we you're doing. We can't take you out of here until you say the words, I am quitting this task. Yeah. Just um, the, not the game, just the one we're doing right now. You want to quit the one that we're doing right now here in the dark, in the middle of the night in Italy? You're, you're scared of it? In a forest? In and the I'm dark? Not, with the wild animals? Uh, yeah. I mean, 
what is there like in terms of like the, the beat by beat of this stuff like i feel like the i feel like the finale is fine right like i think that like the finale is one of the weaker episodes of the season because i think a lot of the tension is out of the room and then a lot of it just ends up being like a it's like the misery of the three questions or it's the misery of like this grueling hike through the jungle that's just like not very pleasant to watch um like i feel like dorothy's uh Dorothy almost feels like the one who has it the best, even though she isn't successful. Like, I feel like she's not like she's at least not covered in blood by the end of it. Uh, Yeah, she's just walking miles on a road. Yeah, it's (laughs) lots of miles. Frustrating. Yeah, for Um, sure. She's she's just walking monster through the, you know, on the road. And then poor Heather is like truly like terrified for her life. And then they get attacked by a wild boar. And certainly it's, what it sounds like and they like they leave you on that cliffhanger for a little bit before they like like heather's fine by the way <laughs> oh you know they cut to commercial oh yeah it's like wild animal attack cut to commercial and then we're we're stuck with like bill blood bloodily psycho walking into the into anderson's castle and th- that makes you Offering wonder if it was bill hand. Yeah. yeah was it bill who stormed heather yeah, like that yeah. wasn't a boar that was bill yeah <laughs> two contestants enter one contestant leaves yeah there's a wild bill uh and so yeah like it's basically like He's going around like there's like I guess there's like some comedy in him like still trying and like the miscommunication he's having with Costello? everybody. Costello, Costello, yeah, Costello, Costello. Costello. Does anyone speak English? The crooked Costello. Yeah, that's pretty good. The crooked Costello is pretty good. Yeah, uh, and then like yeah, he's but like it's it's really just like the misery of Heather and like having to watch her and like my heart really goes out to her in the moment where she's like please stop filming this. Like, I'm not like, I'm not kidding. Like I'm having a moment. Like, could you please stop? And like that tension that you do feel there between like reality contestant and reality producer versus like person in person, right? Like person who has been cast to play a role. So she has a job that she's doing as well. And then all these other people who have a literal job here as well to film the events as happened. Like that's the deal. That's what's on the board. And yet this is also one of those moments of like extreme emotional strife that like nobody feels good about being a part of. I feel like Uh, this like moment, actually, I think that like the whole Heather storyline in this episode is like very emblematic of like why reality TV can be like so hairy uh, and like can be like, uh, yeah, it's entertaining so much of the time. But it's also so damaging in so many different ways, especially in these early days when they're just like, we're going to just torture people and you guys are going to love your bread and circuses. (laughs) Like, check it out, man. We made someone beg to stop filming her. And nowadays, if that happened, if you were out in the middle of the woods and they were filming you and you were breaking down and telling them not to film. I feel like they'll show you breaking down. They won't show you telling them to stop filming because you've reached that and then point. Not right. stopping. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It, it's really, and you know, that was how the, that was how the public's perception of these shows were. Like, it was like, that's how you know it's real. Yeah. Ooh, look at how, look at how awful it is. Look at the schadenfreude we feel for this person. Like, oh, wow. She almost died. Ha ha. Yeah. And, now we at least understand for the most part, there's a lot more of this and a lot more of it is weirdly exploitative in other ways, but we don't do this to people. We don't almost kill them anymore. We try not to. Try not to. 
sometimes there's truly just no choice. Hmm. A few little, you know, breakthrough cases here and there. Yeah, every once in a while. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's what's going on with Heather. And then Bill, just like, just like, ter- he's like the Terminator. You know, like, Schwarzenegger, like, the, T8, the T-800 didn't, like, feel any of that. Half his face is blown off by the end of the movie. He's, like, already cut off, like, you know, the skin of his arm. And he's fine. He's just a machine. He's just still going. He can't be stopped. And that's Bill. Bill is just walking through this challenge like a psycho. (laughs) He shows up at Costello, at the crooked (laughs) Costello, literally covered in blood. Yeah. Blood and and bits of plants and his shirts all ripped. I guess it's like a little bit of an exaggeration to say he's covered in blood. Like it's no, it's not. I mean, his right arm is absolutely covered in blood. He's he's got so much blood on him. I think we need to be fair that this is all his blood. Yeah. I mean, we weren't shown and I and we I think we are made to understand that if this had been him like causing anything or anybody else to shed blood, this is not the kind of show that would shy away from showing that. Yeah. So it is all his own blood. And I love that the shirt is just shredded, too. Yes. The evolution of the rip that just keeps getting bigger yeah. over the course of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things you can't like edit anything out of sequence because you can tell by the rip where we are in Bill's journey. Yeah. Yeah. As he's following his global positioning system, yes, uh, to get to the top secret location. Yeah. yeah. This is back in the day when nobody knew what a GPS was. Yeah. And there's I so bet. many, there's so many challenges in reality shows at this in this period where it's like people failing to use a GPS. Yeah. It's special. It's great. Right. Well, because the GPS is telling them how far away it is as the crow flies, mm-hmm. not here's how you follow the roads to get to the, right. you know, you well, put in the location in Google Maps or MapQuest even. If you geocached, you knew what was up at this point. Were you sure. were people geocaching even at this point? The hobbyists were. Yeah. I, a couple of years later was when it blew up big, especially like as you could get it for your phone. Yeah. But um, yeah, you, you could buy one of those devices and people certainly were into that sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. I mean, even when I started college, we were still like going to MapQuest, loading directions, printing them out and taking them with us in the car. And that was a big step up from a paper map at that point. Oh, yeah. But no GPS for us still at that time. No, no, no. No, 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 no. So, so Bill wins. uh, And so he wins. And Anderson gives him this opportunity to be like, what is it? Is, Is it like destroy the dossier? Like or like you can you can read the dossier. Like what exactly are he he gets an extra clue to who the mole is. Yeah, and he can choose to read it or destroy it or whatever. And if he doesn't look at it, then more money goes in the pot. And here we have one of these other moments of Bill is done. Like the game is over for Bill. He is covered in blood. He is tired. He doesn't want to be there anymore. And at this point, he's like. He genuinely likes the people that he's playing with, as right. evidenced by he hasn't killed them yet. Right. Um, I think this and- is when I, I turned to you both. We were watching and I was like, he could just like, he like, 
he'll just he's he'll he'll just like put money in the pot because he likes yeah. them at this he's point. Just, right? yeah. That's one hundred percent why he did it. Yeah. He's done enough. Yeah. He's done enough damage. He's <laughs> enough blood has been spilled uh, <laughs> this day. On, yeah. on this day. Uh that, yeah, like at this point, why not? Give him the extra hundred K like for being good sports and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, so for a bit of perspective on how long this took, Heather finds her GPS first at like almost seven o'clock. Um, at nine forty-five, nobody's made it to the castle yet, so they've been—they've all been wandering around in the dark for like three hours. Yeah, uh, and I don't even know what time Bill makes it, but it's after that. That's a long time to be just like stuck in the wild outside in a foreign country, like not knowing where you're going, nobody to talk to, like nobody to help you in the dark. Yeah. It's yeah, horrible. It's, yeah. And you can also see the influence of Blair Witch Project on this. Also, like, yeah. Everyone like, thought that was what reality TV was back then. It's like, oh, it's like Blair Witch Project, yeah. but actually real. Here's the thing too, though, about this is that like, it's not a smart challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like the mole is at its best when it is merging like uh, and it doesn't even have to merge like physical feats of endurance or anything uh, as long as there's like like something really clever about it. I think I think the cleverness is the is the core of the of the show when the show is really successful. There's just there's nothing clever about this one. It's There's like, no tiny you, bubbles. Can you read it? Can you <laughs> can you read a GPS? You know, yeah. like that's not going to be fun for us. You know, like it, like that's not something that like we can kind of participate in a little bit and like have some like will they won't they types of questions. Um, so I think like that I I don't love. Like I mean, if if it's this versus the final uh, task of um, of season one. Which was the like escape the escape room, room stuff. Yeah, the escape room was like more fun because it was like collaborative and stuff. You know, you have to look for clues. You have to like put pieces together, solving various puzzles. Yeah, you know, and yeah. there's also like a lot of conversation, and I think that that's it too. Is like yes, that like interaction with the contestants and like the I can't trust one of you aspect of it. Like there's there's your people are like solely depending on themselves in this one. So it's just going to be less fun. Um, so I think it, I think that this final one is a real uh, misfire in the uh, sadly in yeah. the Anderson Cooper era. I think that's a smart observation that, like, compared to the got final one, oh, <laughs> nice. You can join it, the smart team now, Josh, for a day. The final task of the first season is so fun because they're all like frantically calling each other and then checking things in their room. And mm -hmm. then Catherine's trying to call, but Jim and Steven are just hanging out on the phone together. Like um, you really get to see those relationships and how they're working together or not working together. Uh, and you're trying to figure out what the clues mean. Whereas like, you know, you can't walk through the Italian countryside for them. And it's not so much about clues. It's, needle in a haystack mm -hmm. kind of over and over for yeah. all of them. Well, I mean, that's exactly it. It's, it's more fun when you have to collaborate and one of you is going to not help you. That's the whole point of the mole. It's not, um, it's not separate you and have you compete against each other. Right. Right. 
It's a big misstep. Yes. Like get the car into the greenhouse might almost have been a better final task. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Than this one. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think like anything like that. We got um, some great feedback about the get the car into the greenhouse task actually. Oh. Um, because we had a we had a listener, uh, Joe in Pittsburgh says. Um, he had actually this question for us after two seasons of the show. What challenge do you think best encapsulate the concept and strategies of the show? While Anderson's Funhouse is a classic, I don't think it's the most moly of the challenges. For me, that goes to episode nine's car challenge. There's a cleaver clue, an impossible chat, a clever clue, I think he means, <laughs> an impossible task, an easy solution, and many possible ways to sabotage the games. And yeah, I, I think I'm with him on this. I think yeah. that's kind of it really might be the best designed task of yeah. everything we saw this season. Yeah. It's certainly hard to call Anderson's Funhouse the most moly of the tasks when the mole is not even there for the majority of it. Yeah. And purely by luck. Yes. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Again, like what we were robbed of seeing Bill covered in cockroaches. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. He'd eat one. Yeah, I think so. No problem. 100% he'd just be like, oh, free snacks. Yeah, he did say, you know, for money or maybe even not for money. Yeah, it's just another Tuesday. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to miss the the Bill impression the most of all. I'll miss you too. (laughs) Oh, no. I'll never truly be gone. (laughs) Bill will be with us always. Over your shoulder. There I'll be. <laughs> there in the impression closet with Charlie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are, are we gonna are we gonna like are you are we gonna show up on a podcast and, and it'll just be Josh having conversations as Bill and Charlie? Oh god. It's possible. <laughs> you never know what could happen down oh, here with no. me and Bernadette and Bill. That's true. Bernadette's actually quite nice. <laughs> no oh, gotten no. a chance to meet the the extended mole alumnus network. <laughs> It's just two seasons, but a lot of people. Two of um, them living. So what happened next, Zed? Uh, I mean, that's kind of it. Bill does say after a day that hard, maxing it out that much, after getting in there about 20% dehydrated. About 20% uh, which, dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be damned if I did all that for a piece of paper. Yeah, uh, And he asks Sanderson for, for a cold beer as he hands over the dossier. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, and he comes out of the room to find Dorothy waiting for him. Production brings Heather to the castle because the game is over and she was in danger. So they're not going to make her continue to like oh, stop. struggle yeah, her way let, there. Let her be. Let her live her life. Put her on the struggle bus, man. Yeah. Um, everybody's tired. Bill says he's never been through such a mental. And after yesterday, I'm going to say physical trials as he has been in the last six weeks. Um, Heather's doing her confessional and then she starts like brushing her hair yeah. on camera, which is super weird. I love it. I love it. It's like a tick, you know? I'm nervous, so I'm brushing my yeah, hair. She's like, okay, uh, well, that's all I have to say. Yeah. I'm going to move on with my life. Yeah. And they take the quiz, which is 20 questions covering the whole journey, all 39 days, let's say. Yeah. Uh, going back to the very first day. Yeah. Ooh. What is happening to your cat? We got a a spooky cameo, Zed. What's going on? Give us the scoop. Give the spooky scoop. He's just, I don't know. He's just in the hallway being mad. He's not even in this room. He's like, 
so obvious that it was Phil. The yeah. I mean, it takes to, to get he watched it with us. Dog. He did. He did watch it with us. Happy to report Spooky's a hell of a cat. Very, <laughs> very, oh, Spooky is, is very, a cat among cats. Very Part of the gang. Yeah. Very pleased to report. Scholar and a gentle cat. Spooky's like, why am I not on the podcast? It's the final episode. He's here. He's on he it. Jerks. Let and introducing in. Spooky as yeah. the wild boar. Spooky yeah. is the mole of uh, Mole Patrol. Absolutely. Uh, if they ba- so they basically what? They all just like take the quizzes on like their various points along the castle, right? On their individual laptops, yeah, yeah sitting outside on this like cliff face. So great. Yep. And like every so 10 epic. minutes. Yeah. Every 10 minutes they have to go charge the laptop with a giant extension cord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they do that and that's it, right? Like that's effectively Yeah, that's it. it. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for the finale. And so in the finale, it's the live reunion show. And I, I don't know how, how beat by beat we want to go with a reunion show, but like the gimmick is they have the three finalists locked in confession booths. Yeah, this will I bet persist. they were actually bathrooms. <laughs> I believe this persists throughout the remaining uh, American Mole seasons, where they like sequester them each in their individual doors, yeah, uh, and unlock them one at a time. Yeah, now they one hundred percent look like the bathrooms at a fancy restaurant. Yeah, uh, and so they start with like. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of like the prediction game of like who's the winner, who's the runner up, who's the mole. Um, but ultimately, they have like so whoever is the winner, you have the key. Like you all have a key. Put your key in the door, and uh, the winner's door will open up, and you will be the winner. Correct. Uh, and so it is Dorothy. Congratulations, Dorothy! Everyone thought you were the mole this whole time. They were wrong. After Olavia left. Yeah, after Olavia <laughs> left. They were wrong. These guys got it wrong. All of them. Every last one of them. They got it wrong. They got it wrong. Uh, and then uh, the mole comes out next. And so poor Heather not only doesn't win and gets runner up, but she's locked in the confessional booth for like that extended period of time yeah. hearing the jubilant celebrations on the other side of the door. Knowing that she's lost, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. That sucks. Yeah, it's it a sucks. real like Team Guido Amazing Race scenario where they open up the clue and it's like, yeah, somebody won twelve hours ago. Horrible, terrible yep. feeling. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, they give us like the full scoop of like how Dorothy won, and the way she won was effectively Heather figured out that Bill was the mole. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Heather and it, well, let me see if I got this right. Heather and Katie were in a coalition. Yes. And they they thought it was a Lavia, right? I believe so. Yeah. And Heather knew when Katie got executed that it couldn't be a Lavia. Right. Well, no, because Olavia's no. gone at that point. Um, they thought it was somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they think it's somebody else. And I then, think like, they thought it was Dorothy. Yeah. And so, like, and so, like, Heather and Katie both like went all in on Dorothy, right? Like, that's it. And and Katie goes because uh, 
because he, Dorothy is not the mole. Right. And but, at that point, Heather can assume that Dorothy is not the mole and is right. tr- can trust her to work with her. Right. And then she deduces that it's Bill, but by like roping Dorothy into it, now she's tipping Dorothy off that mm-hmm. Bill is the mole. And uh, so Dorothy is able to like have that recall on like the quiz better than Heather does effectively. They really frame a lot of this through Heather's perspective, mm-hmm. which rings right. true to the way that the show throughout the season was presented. Like the show in many ways, I do feel like when you look back on it in retrospect, like feels like it was Heather's story. Yeah. Um, like, well, she yeah, was like sort of there's like the running narrative of she really wants uh, right. an exemption. She still hasn't gotten one. She keeps not getting one. Everybody really likes her. They trust her. Um, she makes the mistake of touching the bike. And that's like the only time people are ever really suspicious of her. But other than that, she's been working with people really well the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's yeah. like the, the clay Aiken to Dorothy's Reuben Stuttered. Huh. Yeah, I think that's good. I think a that's timely good. comparison. Yeah, I think everyone gets that. Well, if I you were watching the mole in real time, you definitely got you that. Definitely well, exactly. Contemporaries. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Heather tied for the lowest score on the quiz the night that Katie was eliminated. Right. 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 And so that was like, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think like it, uh, if things break the other way and Katie is here instead of Heather, uh, like if she pushes on, like Heather loses that tie, like she goes slower than Katie. I do wonder how this season plays out. You know, like it feels like it probably plays it like eventually you got to figure out it's bill. And Katie does probably just like go next would be my guess. Like I bet Katie still like pushes in on Dorothy. Now, when Katie was eliminated, was she the one that was like, well, now I know who the mole is? Because somebody got eliminated and they were like, yep, I thought it was one person or now I really know who it is. I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like a lot of people end up saying that over the course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And most of them are not right, as evidenced by the wildly wrong guesses. Correct. Correct. I guess props to Bob for getting it correct. Um, Yeah, Bob got it. (laughs) little good that it did them (laughs) um so that's that's all of that i mean they give us the can you do you have the rundown of the clues that the show gave us about yes bill along the way because i do think that's worth uh stopping down on uh yeah they are conveniently listed on the on this wikipedia for anybody Mm -hmm. who's interested but we can go through them real quick um All the outdoor shots of the night sky were absent of stars, except for one digitally enhanced shot, uh, which featured the constellation Pisces, Bill's zodiac sign, which (laughs) you would know if you'd gone to the ABC website to look up Bill's birthday. Yeah. And then Uh, known that he was a Pisces. I had clocked that as a fellow Pisces because I'm very interested in my fellow Pisces. Uh Um. Episode two uh, was that two pictures of zodiac signs were shown. The first being Virgo, uh, Allie's zodiac sign, and she was the mole's second victim. The right. second sign is Pisces in reference to episode one's clue. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. The doubling down on the Pisces. Yeah. Then there's the journal switch. Uh, a journal written ostensibly by the mole is planted. <laughs> ostensibly. Ostensibly, yeah. 
<coughs> production uh, was planned for the other players to discover and read it. In it, the mole explains how eliminating his first victim, Bob, was too easy as he had spent all of his time schmoozing the ladies. This should have ruled out any female from further suspicion. But it wouldn't, though. No. Like, not only could you be a female schmoozing other females, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't, it doesn't exclude you. You could be one of the ladies that was being schmoozed. Right. And still be the mole. Yeah. And like, okay. Yeah, this is, this is, whoever added this one to the wiki, I think you're being a little bit too, like, gender inflexible here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The fourth one, the telegram. Upon arriving in Italy, the players are welcomed with a telegram sent by La Talpa, which is Italian for the mole. Patrick thought there was a clue to this one, and he was correct. There was a fake telephone number given at the bottom, 00245500. When using a telephone keypad as a decoder, the line reads, Bill. When decoding the numbers preceding the name, the sentence reads, The mole is Bill. Now, that I wanna, one actually feels kind of dangerous to put well, on. And in fact, I want to read some feedback that we got yeah. to this effect. Um, we got an email from our friend Matt. Um, and he says, the clues were not done well. They were either way too obscure, or way too obvious. I remember being spoiled by reading a message board back when it originally aired when someone posted the alphanumeric code from the telegram that Patrick missed in one of the early episodes. Yeah. And I remember there being like a huge outcry when someone, you know, screenshotted this, you know, with their VCR back in the day solved and the clue, solved yeah. the clue and posted it. And it's like, I, I don't think I was reading the message boards in real time at that point, but, but when you go back on the yeah. show, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. And we weren't quite up at the like lost season two levels of uh, going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But that information was out there and it, a lot of people were annoyed that that was figured out too early. And yeah. I agree that one's a little dangerous. Episode five is hilarious. Think yes. Think. Anderson talks about how many, how many people believe that William Shakespeare was a quote unquote scoundrel for plagiarizing Romeo and Juliet. Um, this was to point out that the mole was a scoundrel and that Bill's real name is William. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, oh my God. Uh, then uh, it's uh, episode six is when Anderson was eating an apple. That was a shout out to Bill's home state of Washington because the apple is a symbol of Washington. Okay. And first of all, Bill always, Bill is from Oklahoma. He lives in Washington and he's always wearing Oklahoma clothing. So you are forgiven if you do not know that Bill is from Washington. Um, the dollar bill is episode seven. That one we clocked. Um Episode eight, the quiz. No pictures were featured in uh, in the other quizzes except for this one. In the back, there was a portrait of a large schooner prominently shown on the wall, referring to Bill's background as a Navy admiral. <sighs> that was the one I remembered. Yeah. Um, episode nine, during the Matrix-like grid letters that flashed on the screen during the opening title sequence, the word Admiral was displayed in the top left corner for a split second, which is in reference to the episode eight clue. This is all so good. Um, <laughs> episode 10 has two. It's a twofer. Uh, the morality game, local man visits the team's table and leaves behind a book and money, and the book was Romeo and Juliet. 
which is again in reference to the episode five, Bill's a scoundrel. To William being a scoundrel. Um, and then uh, post execution, after Bribs is executed and leaves, Anderson asks all the players if they're the mole. They all deny it. Then the viewer sees each person one by one, along with a word of the question, who is the mole? Bill is shown when the word mole appears. <laughs> okay. Uh, episode 11. Well, like, I and- guarantee you there were other episodes <laughs> where they said, who is the mole? And they showed somebody else's picture. It's such that's a the problem with all these clues. Oh, God, it's so funny. Episode 11, Anderson's Funhouse. A montage of three model ships are shown as lightning flashes, referring to episode 8 and 9's clues about the Admiral. This one's the best. The pre-quiz dinner. The players are treated to a dinner consisting of fast food from McDonald's. Anderson mentions the dinner is courtesy of Mickey D's. Mickey D's is a nickname for the fast food franchise. But it also serves as a clue to Bill's last name, McDaniel. It's so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> that one really kills me. With the courtesy of Mickey D's. Oh, God, of course. Yeah, now I got it. Oh, man. Um, incredible. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is that literally in the opening of episode 12, they flash Bill is the mole <laughs> in the message. Yeah, in case you don't know. Yeah, if you're going through the title sequence frame by frame, trying uh, to discern <laughs> messages in all the letters on the screen. It's <laughs> uh, so stupid. <laughs> it's so bad. I love it. I love it. I love it. Really, really, really super great. Oh my god. Yeah, so Bill's the mole. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is that any highlights from the reunion that you want to make sure we shout out? Uh, Not in particular that I can think of. Yeah. Um, We get that great... Uh, there's like a montage of Darwin, right? And all of his various <laughs> coalitions and yeah, and continuing to not realize that he is on the wrong track for the mole as all his coalition partners go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, there's just a, there's some like cute stuff in there. But it's it's, you know, it's a reality TV show reunion, I think. Uh it's it's fairly basic. It really is just so hilarious, Jess, that 
this freaking guy was the mole the whole time. So you've read the book that he wrote? I have read the book. So he wrote a book, Tales of the Mole or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very bad? You know, it's actually, as you're watching the show, it is really useful because he does go episode by episode and he talks about every task and here's what he did. And and then he gets the he gets input from every one of the contestants except one. And they write up a little thing about how they were feeling and what happened to get them eliminated. And he includes that at the end of every chapter. And that's that's really interesting stuff. And somebody who's looking to do a deeper dive and to get a little bit of behind the scenes trivia. Um, like one thing that they never showed in the show that I really I love is, you know, Anderson himself does not know who the mole is. And he shouldn't have known until the final reveal, except that on the last day, as they were all getting into the cars and heading out, two of the producers just start talking openly about how Bill is the mole, not realizing that Anderson is in the car with them. And I love that. Um, so it's, it's a little stuff like that. And he, he is very thorough. He does spend a lot of time just talking about his own life. And yeah. there are some tidbits he includes in there, which have not necessarily probably were not necessarily great things to say in 2007 and they have not aged well. Yeah. So that would be my assessment. I think people that are really, really into this season and really want to know absolutely everything there is It'd to know. Worth reading. It's a great resource. Um, sprinkled throughout with a little bit of casual misogyny, but, yeah. um, and at least one moment of not so casual racism. Um, but for the most part, it is, um, you know, it's a good resource if you're really, really into it. But I would say if you're only sort of kind of into it, not really worth it. It drops off steeply. Yeah. yeah. Don't put yourself through it. Yeah. I, shall, I shall not read it. And also, if also you have Kindle Unlimited, read books anymore. Yeah. yeah. If you have Kindle Unlimited and you are super into the mole, that's when I recommend um, checking it out. But Josh, you have no reason to no, take I'm up good. reading now. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've made it uh, however many years of my life without having read a book. Mm -hmm. so. You know, I, I, it's a little known I'm fact that the streak now. Yeah. Little known fact that Josh Wiggler is actually illiterate. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising consider my prolific writing career. I think you've overcome <laughs> so much, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the mole season two. What a fun time! What an absolute blast! Great season of television. Uh, with I think a really, really funny payoff. I think Bill being the mole is hysterical. Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's part of what makes it great. Yeah, is that you get this like this sort of buffoon yeah. ends up being the mole and. Yeah. It's it's really quite brilliant. I think anybody else is the mold this season. It's not as good. Um, I mean, I think it's different, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think if Al is the mole, I think that that's fun. Like, I mm -hmm. still think Al is the mole would have been good. Um, but I think maybe like Al is just sort of like the like the sort of like trash talking character who actually at the end of the day was really just like totally smokescreened and snowed the whole way. Is also yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. No Katie would have been a good mole. I mean, that would have been some Kaiser Soze shit. That's yeah. Like the, the mug <laughs> drops, and uh, you know, like we see Katie's like uh, walking changes when she goes outside, right? Like that would have been wild. That would have been nuts. 
Yeah, uh, that would have been hilarious. We see her. Uh, what's the name of the stuffed animal again? Meadow Muffin. Yeah, yeah Meadow we Muffin. See, we see her like the final shot burn Meadow Muffin because it was <laughs> a story she concocted the whole way through. It wasn't real. Brutal. That would have been amazing. But no, wow. that that may have been the only outcome that would have been better than Bill being the mole is if Katie had been the mole. That would be pretty good. Co-signed. Holy uh, shnikes. Holy shnikes. Um, all right. Well, holy shnikes. Here we are at the end of the line with one more quiz to to do, at least uh, as far as this episode. I think uh, we do want to uh, return to the quiz when we come back with some more mole coverage in the future. Yes, we, um, we may. Um, I wanted to if we're if we have room before we totally close the book, do we have time for some feedback? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. hundred percent. We got some great questions here, and I'm going uh, to throw it to uh, Wave for the first one, who says, I have what I think might be an interesting discussion question. It was only recently I found out the show was taped from June 2nd to July 16th, more than six full weeks for about 25 challenges. Compared to something like Amazing Race, Master Chef, or Tough as Nails, that's quite a relaxed schedule. What do you think a reality competition show might gain or lose by giving the game this much time to breathe and giving the contestants this much time to build relationships? Do you think it's feasible to take this let it breathe approach in the 2020s or was it slowly established by being filmed back in 2001 when there was more money in reality TV and fewer best practices established? Mm. Um, well, certainly, I mean, I don't watch it, but Big Brother goes on for like 400 days, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like that's the premise is like you're here forever. Um, so I can't weigh in on whether that's for better or worse, but I know that like that is obviously a thing. And obviously it's mega popular, right? Like there's people who just like utterly love it. And I expect that the issues that people have with Big Brother, just from my observations, like, like, bare, like this is like, you know, drawing on literally the utmost of a lack of expertise. Uh, is that uh, the issues have little to do with like how long they're in the house and more to do with like casting and like gimmicks and twists and stuff like that. Um, but maybe I'm talking out of my butt. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what do you think, Jess? I mean, I, I think there is something to be said for having the people get to know each other on a really deep level. But I also think that there's an element of that you get no matter how short or long your game is. And I think the pressure cooker of it all kind of gets people primed for that anyway. Yeah. So I think yeah. that, I think that like like the reason why like Survivor gets so intense is because like it like, you know, like even in that case, what is it like five weeks, you know, something like that, like. Survivor is like comparable. Five weeks is not like that much shorter than six, 39 days. I know it's shorter now, um, but uh, even in, even in like its shortened state as it as it currently exists, I think that like the severity of the conditions bond you fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know. Uh, yeah, but the mole, they're just letting them chill poolside well, every the time they're too, not yeah. doing it. And like, there's some nights where like, you're like, you just got to go to your hotel room or whatever and you're stuck with one person. Um, but I don't or know. maybe you go spend a night out in Paris. <laughs> True. Yeah. Or you, you take your shirt off and like lie in bed with someone. I mean, I I would love to, listen, I would love to see whatever, when whenever the insider happens, the, the mole revisited, right? Like, I hope that it is uh, very like structurally similar because I think what they did here worked. 
um, for the most part. Maybe not all the way through. But I mean, you get to this um, amazing race thing that they used to do. And it used to be a beloved part of the show. They would call it Eat, Sleep, and Mingle. Yeah. And they'd have this preordained block of time where the teams were not being filmed and they were just in their hotels and they were freely allowed to chill with each other and hang out and have dinner and get to know each other. And then at a certain point, like some of the drama happened and the producers got big mad that they weren't there to film it. And then all of a sudden everybody's sequestered. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think they're just not on valuable content. Right. Right. They don't want you to give some, they don't want you to give each other something you're not, you're not prepared to give the camera. No. Right. No. Okay. So Madeline has a question. She says, my question is for Josh and it's actually about the previous episode. Were you shocked when Al was sent home? I was convinced that Al was getting a winner's edit, although in retrospect, I should have realized it was more of a season one gym edit. And I was stunned when he was eliminated. I also think in retrospect, I should have realized it was a season one gym edit. Because uh, that's, exa- that's exactly uh, that's ex- the exact right vibe, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was really like, I really thought that Al was like winner or mole. And like, I picked him as mole and like, I wasn't backing off of that. Um so yeah, I was surprised that we lost him with an episode still to go. Uh, but I think that like a lot of that like surprise got mitigated quickly or mitigated is probably the wrong word. Got like co-opted, hijacked by the, uh, the, the, uh, the looming dread, the horror, <laughs> right? Like the, the ki- like every time you turn around, the killer getting closer sense of horror that Bill was the mole. Uh, so yep. I think like Al goes and like my predominant thought, I do think like my predominant thoughts coming out of the tiny bubbles episodes, uh, the episode were, uh, Anderson Cooper is a psycho mm-hmm. and Bill is the mole. Uh, like those are like my two like biggest feels, uh, about tiny bubbles. It's like Anderson Cooper is like off the map. At this mm-hmm. like, he's, <laughs> he's lost everything. I love Anderson Cooper. So good. So good. You were pretty convinced that Al was was going to make it to the final three from very early on in the show. Yeah, close. He almost did. Yeah, really close. Really close. Like he pretty early on had sort of like this, like at least like sort of like this end game style about him. To put it in like another survivor lens, uh, like kind of like he like had like the Christian Hubicki of of this season. You know Mm. what I mean? Like. Someone who you know is going, like, is going to, if not, like, go the full distance, then at least, like, stand out as, like, one of the people who you just will never forget uh, from the cast. Like, frankly, even, like, you know, like, sort of, like, the Rupert energy. Like, Rupert doesn't go that far, actually, in mm-hmm. his first season, right? Like, he gets, like, clipped pretty uh, quickly into the merge, but he's the one that they bring back the next season because clearly he's Pirate Santa Claus and we're going to, like, build, you know... <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll build this guy on the show as often mm-hmm. as we can. Um, so yeah, I think like, I think like that, that wasn't off that, that Al was going to be important. Um, but yeah. I was, I was surprised that he didn't make it to the end. Yeah. Um, Al's got the BRE. He does. That Boston Rob <laughs> energy. Yeah. Or the big Rupert energy. I think the Boston Rob energy works too. Yeah. That does work. Yeah. Yeah. But Al is a star and it's kind of shocking that he never was on TV again. Appeared on I hope his, shows, uh, has, has had a very pleasant, good life. I, I think he's done all that, right for himself. I certainly hope that for everybody on the show. Yeah, of course. Everybody. 
Um, yeah. So one final piece of um, piece of feedback that I wanted to get into before we get into the quiz, before we get into your quiz. Um, but Andy H has a question about the quiz. He says, this may have been touched on before, but I would love a discussion on the best way to approach the quiz. I feel like it'd be really tough to learn from quizzes without targeting a single person. Yeah. Um, the quiz mechanism is among the biggest reasons why I would be bad at this show. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, like jeopardy petting. It's just like, how do you even, how do you hold all this information in your head? Yeah. I think that, that they are, uh, when they go to the quiz, do they have their notebooks? I think, I think not. It yeah. didn't, it certainly didn't look like it for the final quiz in this episode. And it's like, well, then you can take all the notes in the world, but if you're not able to access them, then I mean, you're, it's literally like studying for a test. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. was the mole sitting on day one when you took off your blindfold yeah, six that weeks ago? so hard. You know, like the questions are really, really hard. And like even when you even once you know who you're trying to answer the question for, they're still challenging. And like, yeah. never mind, you know a third of the way into the game when you're not even sure who it is and you're trying to yeah. answer the questions. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Jess, you, you have, you had any time to like, think about like what would be optimal strategically for the quizzes for the bowl? Well, I think in the beginning you want to just answer the questions uh, like you want to stay in the game long enough so that you are able to collect information and collaborate with other people and formulate your answers. And so to do that, you kind of have to play the odds. So when it asks you, did the mole do this challenge or that challenge? Well, which challenge had more people in it? Do choose that one. Yeah. Yes. You know what? It was the moles. You know, when did the mole do this thing? You pick the one with more people in it. Yeah. And you don't get to really rule anybody out at that point unless you can assume that you got at least one question right. Yeah. If you get zero questions right, then obviously you're a candidate to get kicked out. <laughs> and I think you get, I think the best lucky, lucky break you can get is if you are working close with someone like Katie was working with Heather, and then you can sort of streamline your answers. You can say, you can coordinate. You can say we're going to answer the exact same way this time. And if we're both still in, then we're probably right. And if one of us gets eliminated, then we were probably wrong. And right. so in that way, yeah. that's how they were able to eliminate Dorothy. Right. So I think those are the best strategies. And I will say that Bill's book, for all of its many, many flaws, there is a pretty sizable section about how Darwin in particular approached the quiz. And even though he made an error very early on that ended up getting him eliminated and also by extension, getting Bribs eliminated, he has, yeah, he had a lot of great, yeah, he had a lot of great logic centered ways of uh, puzzling out how you would do the quiz. So if any of you are going on this new mole, whenever it happens, that would be something to study. Okay. Uh, also, if you are listening to this and you are going to be on that new mole, probably like slide into our DMs. Let us know. We'll be like, hey, here's all the stuff. Yep. I will here's, coach you. 
Jess will coach you. Zed will coach you too. And I'll just like feed you some bullshit to throw at the camera so that we can laugh <laughs> at it. Yeah. That'll Give be us the insider scoop. Yeah. The, inside the insider scoop. Yeah. Insider mm-hmm. scoop. Insider scoop. Yeah. Josh will teach you how to stand like a psycho. Yeah. I've got that down. I know the pose. Yeah. And I will. Uh, very, very precisely. I alluded to this at the top of the episode, but in the episode where they're fighting little John and little Jane and they have the wetsuits on and we go back to the iconic shot of Bill standing like a psycho. He mentions specifically this moment in his book and he notes that the reason he was standing this way was because the wetsuit was too small for him and it didn't zip all the way up. <laughs> so there's a method to his madness. Yeah. They do show him asking in the episode if they have to zip them mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was not happening. Okay. I still say he's standing like a psycho. Oh, he is 100%. Yeah. It's really becomes stands- pervasive throughout the. Uh, the universe of podcasts on which yeah. you appear, Josh. I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> like a psycho. Honestly, I, can't. I can't. Like a psycho has like latched on in the way that my stuff and full tilt and all of these other things that are trapped okay. in my brain. Uh-huh. I have to exercise it and I can't. Are we going to get some PSR merch that just says like a psycho? Uh, maybe someday. I don't know. Could it be one of the stickers of the sticker of the month club? Could be. Could be. These are good setups to just talk very quickly about the post show recaps Patreon. Get that program, on purpose. Uh, which is celebrating its first year, its Ooh. birthday, its one year anniversary on is Friday. October first. We've got a merch tier. We've got the post show recaps patron Discord. We've got exclusive podcasts. Uh, more than anything. It has my heart. Uh, sure. I I love that community so, so, so much. It has made me very, very happy over this last year that has otherwise been trash. Uh, and it has really pulled me out of a lot of, uh, a lot of dumpy dumpiness. Uh, and it just makes me so happy. And we would love nothing more than for you to join and be part of this, uh, the aggressively welcoming uh, community, as we like to call them. Everybody's just so over the top friendly and it's a really beautiful place. Um, if you've ever enjoyed the podcasting that I do, I would love the support. It would be great, even if it's like a one-time deal. You want to go and check it out? Patreon.com slash recaps on October 1st. Mean the world to me. Really hoping for a big showing in October. Uh, so this is like my last time to mention it on the Mole Patrol. I'm for sure going to bring it up when I'm on the Survivor Feedback show this week on RHAP. Which uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm scoopy scooping that, but I think it's out there at this point that I'm going to be on the feedback show, and I'm very pumped about that. It's going to be super fun. Uh, so I'll certainly be uh, uh, hawking uh, all of the different details about why the Patreon is super cool uh, over there. Uh, but it's the last time I'm doing it here on Mole Patrol for a minute, so just indulge the link one last time: Patreon.com/slash Post Show Recaps. Um, I will I will echo what Antonio said on the Ted Lasso podcast, which is one of the many podcasts over on Post Show Recaps that now would be a great opportunity just to try it out for a month in October. Even if you decide it's not for you after that great birthday present for Josh and all of us that podcast over on Post Show Recaps. Yeah, but then also get me a birthday present during my actual birthday. And you're Pisces. Yeah. Like Bill. So give me a birthday present now, but also later. Yeah. One for October 1st yeah. and one for March 11th. Yeah. Could I just get you a package of now and laters? Yeah, you give me a, give me one now <laughs> and the other later. 
that's it. That's it. Uh, as I said there, I'll say here, give me the chance to disappoint you. Let me disappoint you. I don't think I will, but you it's won't. certainly possible. But give me the chance. <laughs> give me the shot. Consider it. Patreon.com slash pressure recaps. That's it. Um, quiz time. Quiz time. All it. right. Do we have so some this... stats of how we've done this season? Does, oh, was I supposed to be keeping score? No, like, but we've done great. Yeah, I mean, you've look, done wonderfully. We've done, I, I will say, even if we strike out this week, we've had a couple of times where we've like hit where like they've either been like really great, like well earned hits or like then like big surprise hits. But like we've had a few moments Zed along the way where I feel like, all right, okay. We got two right at my house. Yep, that's two, right. We were two for three the last time we took a quiz. So like, so you this know, is all just gravy. We'll see. We'll see. I will say, um, I think it's much harder to give you the quiz while I'm in the room with you guys because I have no poker face. Uh, it's a miracle that we yeah. didn't that I didn't spoil that Bill was the mole in episode two. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, we all have our thing. I guess so. <laughs> Everybody's got to have a thing. Yep. All right. So this week, um, we are doing the first of a two-parter. Um, our quiz is going to wrap up, of course, with the final with our final episode, whenever that happens um, in the future. But part one is going to be this week, and this is listener submission week. So we had a good number of contributors writing in with their own questions to contribute to the quiz, and a lot of them were really fantastic. Some of them were just like inexplicable, but I've pulled some of the best of the best here to um, kick off listener submission. Cool. The, the era of listener submissions. Let's so, yeah, we're going to start out with a submission from Nick and Ben Fishman. And they are covering the Canadian comedy show Kenny versus Spenny. Now, are any of you familiar with this show? Never heard of it. No, not at all. Okay. This, um, what, it got, what up to Nick Fishman, who I haven't heard from in a minute? Yeah, I've, I've heard from him quite a lot lately, yeah. as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> vis a vis Anders songs, but. Um, oh, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. So, um, but also I, not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Love I, you, will Nick. Say, no shade. I will say, I will say, I know these existed before we started recording right. this season. Yes, amazing. <laughs> yeah, they amazing. were ready to go. Amazing. They were. I, I can't wait to like actually edit down the best parts and watch your face, Josh. Yes. Oh, it's gonna be um, good. All right. So Kenny versus Spenny. This was a Canadian competition show. And I think it did get, it did get aired, aired on Comedy Central at one point. But the premise of the show is Kenny and Spenny are friends and they get in these friendly wagers. And then the loser of the wager is humiliated in some fashion specified by the other person. And throughout the course of each competition, they cheat shamefully and try to kind of deceive their way into winning the competition. Okay. Sure. And they get really complicated. So, okay, that now that you know the premise of the show, I'm going to read you four four plots from this from these shows, and um, you are going to tell me which one of these was made up by the wonderful team of Nick and Ben Fishman. Got it. All right. So here's your first one. Who can win a ten mile race? A simple race of endurance and speed gets sidetracked by the unfortunate passing of Kenny's mom. After days of grieving and funeral prepping, it turns out it was all a ploy to get Kenny to a graveyard miles away from the racetrack at race time. 
But the oh tables are turned when God. Spenny's lack of athletic ability costs him his lead in the competition. If this is true, Spenny is trash. Oh, they're wow. both trash. Don't worry. Okay. Horrible. Horrible. It's it gets worse. It gets worse, guys. Um, Spenny and Johnny Fairplay. Yeah, it's it's Johnny Fairplay. I feel like there's some overlap. That Venn diagram has a pretty sure. wide middle part. Yeah. Okay. Number two, who can win a science fair? While Kenny is making a solar-powered robot, Spenny is using Kenny as his unknowing test subject in an experiment about paranoia. After days <laughs> of losing vital materials and parts, the robot fails to power on for the judges. Unfortunately, the judges criticize the paranoia experiment for having no control group and only one subject, ordering sure. the win to the failed robot. Yeah. That sounds real. Yeah. Okay, number three. Who is a better rapper? Spenny enlists the help of a local rap group to help him craft his rap, but accidentally gravely insults them. Kenny uses this pretext to pretend they have taken out a hit on Spenny. After uncovering Kenny's plot based on dirty shoes worn by a fake detective, because apparently all cops have clean shoes, Spenny is able to make up with the insulted rappers and come out on top with a rap that mentions Noam Chomsky. (laughs) Okay. Oddly specific. Really oddly specific was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, and finally, who can commit the most crimes? Oh, no. The guys compete to see who can commit the most number of Canadian crimes without getting caught or busted, ranging from stealing goldfish to high treason to an 1878 grazing law, culminating in Kenny losing after getting a parking ticket despite a massive lead. Okay. Um, this could be crazy, and I could just like be blowing a point here, Zed. Yeah. I want to say it's the rapping one. Uh, that's my instinct also. Yeah. I want to think that like uh, prolific Wandoffer Nick Fishman couldn't help but have something yeah. like musically inclined in here. <laughs> and I want to pick that one. I kind of I think, I, I that, think is that's... The ol- that is my only logic behind it. That's it. Yeah. I have nothing else behind it. So if you've got anything that you want to like say about anything else no, that's where I was leaning also. I mean, the first one does feel a little like Johnny Fairplay derivative, but that yeah. doesn't mean that it's not real. Given what I've learned about these guys from some combination of three of these being true, that feels like a thing that could have actually happened. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go with it. Option C, yeah. pulling the lever. Okay, well, you are incorrect. Okay. The in the correct answer was science fair. Yeah, which I thought was the funniest one, to be honest. Yeah, I love that. I that one seemed super real to me. Yeah, that felt so very well possible to the Fishman brothers. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Fishman brothers, for sending this one in. And um, next up, we are going to be talking about the series Seventh Heaven, and this one comes from Dave from Ohio. Oh who man, was very excited to to talk about seventh heaven with with all of you and is this a show that you remember being on yeah i do i'm surprised that we're talking about seventh heaven i thought that that was uh banned from the discourse Uh, oh was it oh well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the reverend camden not a great guy oh yeah that's right reverend camden not a great guy but hey jessica beal pretty cool yeah i interviewed jessica beal once oh how was she wonderful (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh. yeah wonderful. 
I forgot about that. Uh, I may have, um, I may have made different choices or I may have had Dave from Ohio make different choices That's with all that right. knowledge. But yes, um, we're just going to speak about the fictional universe of Seventh sure. Heaven. <laughs> um, Seventh Heaven follows Eric and Annie Google, Camden. Google, Google with care. Uh, very seriously. Risky uh, click. Uh, risky real. click. Triggering stuff. Uh, be be careful Googling around uh, the, the Seventh Heaven and everything. Yep. So anyway, Seventh Heaven was about a family that had five children, upgraded to seven after twin sons are born partly partway through season three. There were 11 seasons total of this program airing from fall 1997 to summer 2007. So, okay, let's start out with um, season four, episode 14. This aired in January of 2000. Eldest daughter, Mary, played by Jessica Biel. Wants to date Robbie, but Mary's parents don't trust the two of them alone together because Robbie has a criminal record. Robbie and Mary stage a double date with Mary's younger sister, Lucy, and Robbie's younger brother, Rick, played by Lance Bass, a straight-laced National Merit Scholar who already has a girlfriend. If the two couples stick together, the parents are fine with them going out, but Dad doesn't trust them, so he spies on the date, and sure enough, the couples have gone their own separate ways. But it's actually Rick and Lucy they find making out on a bench in the park. Ooh, mm. spicy. Yep. Good TV drama. Yep. Okay. Season six, episode 10. Middle son Simon finally has his learner's permit. Unfortunately, neither parent can drive with him today, but Grandpa Charlie says he will gra- gladly take Simon out for a test drive. What Simon doesn't know is that Grandpa Charlie is in the early stages of Alzheimer's. Simon is too scared to drive fast, and before he knows it, a cop has turned on his lights because Simon is driving too slow. Grandpa Charlie says, just ignore him. You aren't doing anything wrong. Mom and dad come home and turn on the TV for a helicopter shot of the world's slowest police chase. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. This is uh, season six, episode 15. Eldest son, Matt, didn't come home last night after going on only his second date with a girl named Sarah. The two of them show up for breakfast with an announcement. Surprise! Matt and Sarah are now engaged. But youngest daughter, Ruthie, thinks there's more going on here. After listening in on phone conversations, she discovered that Matt and Sarah didn't get engaged on their second date. They actually got married. After Ruthie confronts the two of them, Matt gets Ruthie to promise not to tell anyone until after they have a traditional wedding with their families. And finally, goodness, yeah. Season 11, episode 9 from November 2006. Middle daughter Lucy is now grown up and she's dying to host Thanksgiving this year against her mom's wishes. Meanwhile, Eric meets a homeless Vietnam War vet named Ed, played by Tony Danza, and invites him to dinner. Between unexpected guests and massive amounts of food prep, Lucy is in over her head and mom is right there to say, I told you so. During their argument, they overhear Ed opening up to Eric about his struggles with addictions and PTSD. Mom and Lucy overcome their difference, acknowledging there are bigger problems in the world. Ed is shown included at the Thanksgiving table in the final shot. The episode ends with a photo montage of real vets, both at home and serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I want, I think it's option B is the slow car chase. Yeah. I want to go after it for reasons similar to the last one, which led us astray, which is Grandpa Charlie! I want, I want to pick the Charlie option is where uh-huh. my 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 brain goes. I want to push that button. I, I don't have, have any instincts. This I have time. no instincts other than that. So should we just push the button? Let's do it. Grandpa Let's Charlie, final answer. Belabor the point. All right. Or 
Josh, have you considered that maybe Dave from Ohio wrote this entire quiz just so he could tell you about his favorite episode of Seventh Heaven featuring Grandpa Charlie? It's possible. Because that's what he did. That's incorrect. <laughs> um, the, the Tony Danza one is the. Okay. Is the All one. right. Uh, well, he, I, I love that. Like my heart gravitated towards this one. So at least there's that. That's yeah, really he funny. he really wanted you to know about Grandpa Charlie driving too slow. Yeah, that's apparently hysterical. apparently the twin babies were also in the back seat during this. So oh my of course, God, oh it almost geez. makes me want to go watch this episode. Oh but my god! I don't know for reasons that you just pointed out. I'm not sure you can stream this anywhere. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Maybe it's streaming somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. So our third one. This is um. If you listen to Reality Rewind with uh, Rob and Chappelle, you may have heard of this one recently. This is a show called Solitary. Heard of it, yeah. This aired on Fox Reality in kind of the late aughts. And the premise of Solitary was you had these people that were by themselves in pods and you had like eight or nine pods, each with a person in them. And they took direction from this robotic voice over the intercom called Val. And Val would give them treatments and they would have to endure these treatments. And then the first person to drop out was usually the first person was usually the person that got eliminated. And so it was these endurance tests and these kind of different types of torture. And they didn't know how anybody else was doing, which was kind of the part that made it interesting. So that is solitary. Okay. And, and Kristen, this is comes from Kristen books on Twitter and she has come up with, um, She's given us three real treatments and one fake treatment. So we will start out with um, question number one. In this treatment, contestants were forced to clamp 40 flesh pins, a.k.a. large metal clips, looked like binder clips, to their bodies in predetermined locations. The contestant who earned freedom from this treatment also earned a reward where he was allowed to punish another contestant with two extra flesh pins. This just contestant. A, just a phrase, flesh pins. That's a song. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like clothes pins, but flesh yeah, pins. Yeah, but worse. It is worse. It's a lot worse. This contestant was the director of a senior citizen's home, so he decided to give the punishment to a guy who said in his bio that he hated old people. He made that guy attach them to his nipples. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah! That's a lot. That's, That's a, lot. a lot. Okay. Yep. Okay, number two. <laughs> In this treatment, contestants had to crawl in circles around their pods through an obstacle course. If they did not complete the requested number of circuits in the time provided for a round, they had to complete penalty circuits. Inexplicably, the handicap for this round was that one contestant had to wear only a diaper while completing his circuits. Oh, don't tell Mike. It was never explained how exactly this was a punishment. In fact, the contestant pointed out that he could now pee whenever he wanted during the treatment since they usually had to ask Val for permission to use the restroom hilarious yeah i mean it's probably what i would do it's a diapy it's what yeah. it's for it's what it's for true i mean why have it if you're not going to use it yeah got it. <laughs> it'd be rude to the diaper true like why are they putting you in a diaper if they don't want you to use it yeah i'm not gonna waste it no so i'm uh, gonna waste it <laughs> ew sorry it's right joshua there. it's right there jazz i know i know okay so Here's the third one. In this treatment, contestants were, fo- were forced to submerge themselves in a bath of ice water. Contestants started the treatment wearing protective gear, but as the rounds progressed, they were forced to strip off more and more layers of clothing until the final round in which contestants were sw- stripped down to just their underwear, and it became a test of endurance. 
The elimination for this treatment was not from someone pushing the red button. Instead, one contestant actually passed out from the extreme cold during the endurance round. Oh, my. And finally, in this treatment, contestants were forced to smell disgusting scents that were funneled from a beaker into a specially designed mask for 10 minutes per round. Gross. These delightful scents included cow intestines, rotten oysters, shark chum, roadkill, and a fan favorite, liquid ass. Liquid ass? When no one quit during the smelling portion of the treatment, contestants were then forced to drink shots of the liquid from the beakers within the time allotted. Oh, no. If slash when they threw up from these shots, this was treated as if they hit the red button and seen as their body quitting the treatment for them. What channel was this on and what year? Fox Reality. It was, I think, 2007 to 2009. I think there were five seasons of this. Are, are they calling something liquid ass? They, Yeah, they labeled it liquid ass. No, I, I am aware. I'm talking about for the veracity of the thing. Are mm. they calling something liquid ass, Zed? I mean, maybe. Really? Honestly. You think so? Like on a reality show, like they're saying liquid ass? On a reality television channel? Yeah, maybe. Okay. So you think this one's legit? Um, I don't know. I'm just answering yeah, your question. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, that's my, that's my, that's my biggest instinct on that one. I don't want to believe the first one. Oh, the, f- yeah, I don't it even want to say think it. About, yeah. yeah. It hurts to consider. Um... There's the obstacle course, the cold water, the yeah. smells, and the yeah. first one. Yeah. You want to go with the first one? I don't know. Like, I could go with the first one or I could go with liquid ass. <laughs> wash your liquid ass. <laughs> go in the ocean and wash your wash liquid, your liquid ass. ass. Yeah, exactly. Uh,. I don't know. You choose your choice. I, I'm going to go with the first one. Okay, we'll go with the first one. Okay, well, you're zero for three so far. That's okay. Um, it's okay. The The fake one was, was ice, ice bath. And I want to add in here that um, I'm going to pull it up because I want to I want to read a couple of tidbits that um, that Kristen added for us. Um, said that the ice bath one was one that they wanted to do and then they were told that it was that it was not okay to do this to contestants. They can just, they consulted a doctor late in the process. They the could not, yeah. Apparently she says, so apparently even this messed up show has its limits. Mm. And I wanted to add in, um, she supplied a lot of extra real treatments um, because when she sent me the list, I said, you left out the one with liquid ass. And so we we put liquid ass in because that was my main recollection. Um, but here's another bonus treatment. Um, in this treatment, contestants were forced to sit in a giant wooden chair wearing a ball gag for as long as possible. This treatment consisted of only two rounds, an initial 20 minute round followed by an endurance round to see who would outlast the rest. One of the remaining contestants was a self-described masochist who described the pain level as five out of 10 while the others gave it 10 out of 10. The treatment went on for over two hours before someone finally quit and ultimately passed the six hour mark before another person quit and Val put the rest of the contestants out of their misery. Bonus fun fact, this was the season that Survivor Vanuatu alumnus JP was on. And unfortunately, he earned immunity from this treatment. Oh, 
Wow. It was it was a mean show. Yeah. The solitary. I don't like awful. it. Awful. Absolutely awful. Really awful. Yep. Okay, so then we have one final one this week. I, I give you a bonus one because I wanted to include as many listener submissions as possible. This one comes from the prolific Spencer Y. Okay. Who has, um, he sent several that were really great. Um, and this one I think was my favorite. We might come back and use the rest of them at some point in the future. But he is talking about the 1990s children's series, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. All right. This one I may have a chance at. Let's see. Yeah. Um, so you're both familiar with the premise, of course. Yes. This is an anthology series um, telling spooky tales submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Society. Yeah. Yeah. So what we should do after the opening credits in my mind. Oh, I would 100% watch that. That'd be fun. Yep. And I'm still like, I'll put that on my list of podcasts I want to do someday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So I feel like this is like kind of part and parcel with like doing the full Twilight Zone rewatch, which is something we've talked about before as Mm -hmm. well. Okay, so here we go. This is um, an episode from season six in 1998. After his sister returns from boarding school, a boy suspects she may have become a witch when he catches her collecting hair and other odd items and performing rituals using them. The sister, played by Kobe Smolders, is actually (laughs) trying to protect their family after she humiliated a classmate who happens to be a warlock. Okay. Here's um, the second episode, season five in 1995. A boy who has a fascination with death stumbles upon a radio station studio that is actually a waiting room for recently deceased people before they move on to the afterlife. Mm. After the radio station DJ mistakenly books the boy for passage to the afterlife, it's up to the boy's older brother, played by Ryan Gosling, to rescue (laughs) him before time runs out. Got it. All right. This one comes from season three in 1994. Customers are obsessed with a delicious but expensive soup at a fancy restaurant. A new employee, the restaurant hostess played by Nev Campbell, find out that the head chef has been staring the restaurant staff and collecting the essence of their fears as an elixir, which happens to be the soup's secret ingredient. Okay. (laughs) And finally, season five, 1995. Two kids looking for a place to make out discover the school's abandoned swimming pool after locating its hidden entrance. They use the pool as a secret hangout spot, but they learn that it's haunted by a ghost who was responsible for the closure of the pool years ago when it drowned a boy played by Jay Baruchel. Okay. What year was option three? 1994. Okay. So Nev Campbell is in that one. Yeah. And she is she's either in or about to be in um party of five and okay. scream. I was gonna say scream. Really yeah. close to real like she's either already in party of five or she's right on the cusp of party of five. And I think it might be going on. Maybe really close and maybe not quite. So I don't know that I can Hemsworth this one. <laughs> but it's my but it's my instinct is that yeah. I, I think that Nev Campbell is on different stuff at this point. I don't she think busy. she's for 1994. What month of 1994? Um, that was not that was not provided to me. Okay, I can probably try to. I can go to 
I can go to the Wikipedia if you really want to know. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I think that one's my instinct too. I feel like the the last one seems real and the first one definitely seems real. Those yeah. are two very like high school things and things that could happen to you. Yeah. Whereas like the the Nev Campbell one feels a bit more esoteric yeah. and like the secret ingredient is yes. fear in the yes. soup. Yes. And now <laughs> it's a little also, less like preying on the fears of high schoolers. Where, yeah. where is the ethical line, Jess, if uh you don't have the month and it's and this is the wrong episode, this is the this is the correct choice for the quiz, and you go on. I mean, and, I can I can puzzle it just, out. Can you just make up a month if this is the correct answer? Like, do you have that creative license that well, you can just choose that it is March 1994? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Uh, you don't know if I'm making it up or not. No, I'm just asking. I'm asking, where's the line? I will tell you that season three ran from January 8th, 1994 to April 16th, 1994. Okay. Um, that's possible. That's possible for Neff Campbell, then. That's possible that she's able to do it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? She could be filming that in, like, the beginning of 94. I think I would still go with it. Yeah, I think so, too. So we're going with Neff Campbell Fear yeah. Soup? Yeah. Fear Soup. Fear Soup. If they didn't call it that, they're missing out. It sounds yeah. great. Yes. Well, you're incorrect. That one really happened. <laughs> okay, okay, um, okay, okay. Kobe Smolders was never... Okay. Um, on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I like the the premise of the witch uh, who's not that a witch. That episode felt very familiar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one like felt like something I had seen before. So that was like ruled out for me pretty quickly. Like, yeah. No world where I was even. I mean, like, I'm sure there are teenagers doing rituals. Yeah. This feels like something off of Charmed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, well. Well, crap. Over yeah. four is a shitty way to end it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that just means we have to come back for. Oh, we have to come back. We got we got some games. We've got games that people have written. We've got some Ander songs for you. Yes, we're gonna have a fun and games, and we might have some other special things in the hopper. Yes. Uh, so these are all things that could potentially happen in uh, the near future, or maybe the not terribly near, but not terribly distant future as well. Point being. Don't unsubscribe from the Mole Patrol feed because we'll be back with something. Uh, yeah, you never so, know when we might be dropping dropping by. Yeah, uh, we joked that maybe we should just delay the Mole Patrol <laughs> season two finale for the two year anniversary of the Mole Patrol, and then everyone just asked, "Where's the finale podcast?" Or it's coming, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> but no, so the so the finale is in the books. We will have more Mole Patrol content. Just bear with us as schedules allow. Uh, we yeah, will be, we will be I, back when we can make it work. I messed everything up by having a family emergency it's last week. For sure, not your fault. It's it my is family's all fault. Good. Life, it's <laughs> definitely your family's fault. Like you're absolved, but everybody else is under the bus. Uh, life happens. What are you going to do? It's just podcasts, people. We're going to make them as we can. Uh, so we'll make more. It'll be great. It's going to be super, super fun. This season has been just such a blast, though. Love these characters and. Uh, of these friends of mine I get to talk to every time when we do the mole Zed Jess. This has just been so much freaking fun and oh my god, it was such a great time. Uh so I've had such a blast. Like this has been a total delight for for me to do. I hope that the enthusiasm that the three of us have had 
for talking with each other about such an entertaining show has translated to the audience. We hope that you all have had as much fun as we've had. Probably, you probably haven't. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. We've had a really good time. Yeah, what a wild journey we three have been on for the last year and a half together. Yes, it's been amazing. (laughs) On and off the air. Long, strange trip. Yes, indeed. Uh, So let's close this thing out. At Haymaker Hattie, that's Jess. You're doing so much Walking Dead on post-show recaps. Oh, man. And I... I have so much to say about this week's Walking Dead, and it made me so angry, I and I can't there. wait. I can't wait to find out the rage. I want to know everything. We did a little bit of a preamble before we started recording, so I have a little bit of a heads up, but it should be good. It's another one of those podcasts that's really fun to listen to, even if you don't know the thing. Uh, yep, and we got some got some no time to pod coming up this week. Yes, uh, Grace Leader Team and I are on podcast. Yep, that is only patrons. Yeah, yes. only for the great patrons. Name for the podcast. Yep. I, I, I love the, I love the name. It's um, we're very happy with it. And then we will probably be coming into the main feed with our no time to die coverage, um, depending on how timely that ends up happening. But we're having fun talking about Bond. We will probably continue talking about Bond in some fashion. Um, and then I also, um, I have some news. This is not a podcast I'm doing yet, but I have it on good authority that the amazing race is back out there. I've heard. I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. I have no idea. I can barely like leave my house to take the subway downtown. So I'm gearing up to take my first flight here pretty soon. It's a very big to do for me. Uh, and, uh, they're just doing it all over the world. My God. My God. Um, but that tar you like is about to come back in style. Is the- Yeah. And the point is, and the point is that Phil will probably not be around for the first few episodes of Tough as Nails. So oh, no, yeah. you win some, you lose some. That's true. That's a true point. Uh, well, we will hope for some uh, happy resolution to that issue. ASAP. Uh, follow at Haymaker Hattie for all updates on those fronts. Follow at Hard Rock Hope. That's Zed talking Final Fantasy with me over at Post Show Recaps, my favorite video game series of all time. We just did Survivor Midgar. It was a three-hour Survivor simulation featuring characters from Final Fantasy VII. Zed, it was ridiculous. It was a wild ride. It was quite a time. Uh, the boot order was absurd. The As boot order was absurd. Brant Steele does Steel. that. Yeah. Brant Steele loves to do that. Um, so there were highs and lows all along the way. Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't know. Like, if you know Final Fantasy, you'll for sure love it. Like, if, you, if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you like Survivor too, like, there's no way you don't enjoy that podcast. If you love only Survivor and if you love only Final Fantasy, I'd be so curious for your reaction. I think you'll probably love it. I think it'll get you to like want to be interested in the thing you don't know. I if think you don't so. Like, if you don't like either of those things, it definitely don't bother. <laughs> I've definitely listened to Brant Steele's that you've done about things that I didn't care about at the time. Like I listened to the MCU ones even before I was a person who had watched the MCU and those were really long. The survivor format is thrilling, you know, like it really doesn't matter. And then like we make storylines around these people and yeah. like, that's enough. Like, so I, I think you should check it out. I think it's really, really fun. Uh, it's a fun storytelling mechanism. Yeah. 
Yeah. Zed you and just make I, up a play for a few hours. Zed and I lost our minds on it. It was very, very entertaining. Uh, we're taking a week off from the Final Fantasy coverage. We're coming back in two weeks with uh, the first of a, of a few new episodes that we're really excited about. So we hope you check that stuff out as well. Um, anything else for either of you that you want to say? Do you want to talk about? Do you want to mm, mention? I, I just, Gosh. I love the Mole Patrol. I do too. This has been wonderful. It's great. It was a long off season uh, before we came back for season two. Uh, I hope it was worth it. I think it was. For me, it was such a delight. Who knows what the future holds beyond the bonus coverage that we'll have coming up. Uh, I hope I hope that there is more. Certainly call me when the insider drops. You know, like I want to be in on that for sure. And I know that there are the people out there who are like real, really stumping about international mole. I'm intrigued. I could be convinced, you know. Um, so the door is for sure not closed for future coverage. Uh, it just has to be the right time because uh, life's busy. There's a lot going on for all of us. So when the time is right, we will. The patrol will will gather again. And I strongly suspect that whether it's the mole or not, the the patrol will find a way to, <laughs> to gather uh, together to cover. Yeah, a thing. we're all here. Yeah, you haven't seen the last of us. Certainly, sure. like. We do not need the mole to get together. So if you like uh, Zed, Jess, and I together, I'm sure that we will find a way to to go round the twist one more time. At least. Mm, have you ever? Have you ever? Indeed. I uh, literally cannot hear the phrase "Have you ever?" Have you Even ever, if it like continues into a full other sentence immediately, I can't hear it without the song starting in my head. Have you ever? Uh, have you ever said goodbye at the end of a podcast? Well. Oh. We're about to. Mm, strange things happen, man. Goodbye at the end of a podcast. I just did it. <laughs> Dad jokes. All right. That's mm-hmm. it. Logging off like a psycho. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back. Take care. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.